0: About to hear my conversation with Dustin Reed. We spoke a lot about the recent Fed meeting, what was there for inflation expectations, how the market reacted, and where some opportunities may be in positioning their portfolio. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Listeners should seek professional advice for their situation. Welcome to the McKinsey Investments Podcast. My name is Matthew Schnurr and I'm back for our bi-weekly with Dustin Reed. Dustin, thanks for coming back.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Matt.
0: Uh, the last conversation that we had was all about the upcoming uh, FOMC meeting. Uh, that is behind us. It was a lively meeting, to be sure. There are lots of uh, market reaction and chatter. I'd uh, love to get uh, first a summary maybe from you, Dustin, on what happened, what you thought was important, and then maybe secondarily, how markets reacted and if you think that reaction was warranted.
1: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I you know, going into the meeting – I think we discussed the idea, a couple of things. One, that a few people had thought it may not be, um, a very important meeting or a very live meeting. Um, I, I would say that was not our view. We, we'd had a, a view for a while that June was going to be a, a big meeting, whether something got announced or something didn't get announced. And I would say it ended up being probably the one of the biggest meetings since, uh, maybe, maybe March or April of, uh, of last year. And, uh, you know. Secondly, I think that you know the Fed has clearly uh, moved the ball in terms of uh, the the tapering discussion. Uh, sure. But I think our you know our view of of going into the meeting of uh, that the market was underpricing the idea of the Fed's uh, coming out as being you know either hawkish or at least a lot less dovish. Um, you know, it seems to have proven to be uh, the you know the tone that the Fed the Fed has taken. I think the meeting um, itself had a lot. I mean, we could be here for a couple hours. I'm sure our listeners don't want to hear it for a couple hours, so I'll try and synthesize. But uh, sure the 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 interesting part. So first of all, the the formal the formal statement at two o'clock, which I think is is being missed in the grand scheme of things, because there's really not a lot of changes there uh, in terms of kind of the guts of the uh, of the formal statement. But that is the most formal thing that the Fed really puts out. Um, you know, and there there are many there are many uh, facets to the uh, to the meeting, but the, the Fed clearly was uh, quite uh, quite pleased with the the pace of the vaccine rollout and the reopening. And most of the changes in the were in the first uh, one or two paragraphs that were speaking about the reopening and the pace of vaccine take up and uh, inoculation and that sort of thing. And and that was that was seen as quite constructive. But kind of the rest of the the guts of it were were minimal change. So There wasn't wasn't a lot there. Um, and I would say the dots are clearly getting the, the the big attention. The big attention. So this is a June a June meeting. Obviously, it is a forecast meeting. Was a forecast meeting the last one was March. Um, so those three months, obviously, everybody knows a lot's changed in those ninety days, give or take. And um, you know, the dots were a big a big surprise in a few ways. Um, one, um, I think you know, most maybe not most, but a good chunk of people maybe expected um there to be the the median dot so to speak for 23 which would have shown you know 25 basis points worth of worth of right. hikes or w- one rate hike so to speak at you know assuming a 25 which as we've talked about may not be the case when it all happens you know next year or 23 but uh, th- that that is what it is um but the the median dot turned out to be 50 basis points for 2023 which which surprised the market and then my, my favorite stat around the, around the Fed Funds dots, I think, is um, eight of eighteen uh, participants. So not voters, but even if you're not a voter, you know the dot, You have a you have a forecast, and it goes into the the overall uh, dot plot, so to speak. Eight of eighteen participants saw seventy five basis points worth of hikes um, or more by the end of twenty three. And that to me, that to me is a really interesting stat Um, for for obvious reasons. You're, you're almost at, you're almost at half the committee at eight of 18 and you're at 75 or more. And there's, and there, there are a couple of, you know, ones that are well above 75 basis points through the end of, of 18. So I think that's, sorry, through the end of 23, excuse me. So, um, so I think that's really, that's really quite interesting. And that, uh, I think the market really looked at the 50 basis points as the, the median dot and started, you know, trading from there. And we'll get to the market action, price action in a sec. Great. Um, but to me, the 8 of 18 is is the wow headline. Um, so more hawkish than I even I thought. And I, I was, you know, pretty hawkish, I think, kind of going into the meeting in terms of expectations. And then we obviously had uh, the move for, for next year, people expecting... Um, went from four dots for a liftoff for next year to seven so you're too short basically of the uh, of the split for uh, a liftoff in terms of rates next year so that was obviously quite important and um, and then kind of you know the economic outlook was uh, you know improved again um, we had a pretty big uptick and people might recall in in March around the GDP numbers for This year, getting to six and a half, that got upped again by another half a percentage point uh, to seven. So the Fed's looking for 7% real GDP growth for for calendar 21. Um, And then the the core PCE inflation numbers uh, were upped very significantly, about eight, eight tenths. From around 2 2 to 3 percent, even for this year for calendar 21. So, the Fed's actually looking at uh, uh, you know academically and literally now 10 percent nominal GDP um, for calendar 21, seven percent real growth plus three percent, at least using core PCE. Um, presumably, headline CPI or, or even headline uh, PCE will be above that. So, you're actually probably above that from a nominal perspective, but uh, we call it 10 10 plus anyway. Uh, which we've been we've been talking about for a while, so I think the Fed, um, I think the Fed's there. And uh, now, what's interesting there is I, I, we had talked about in the last four, on the last podcast too. You know, what was the Fed going to? How did the Fed see inflation for twenty two for twenty twenty two? Assuming they had to up their forecast for twenty one, which they did, and the forecast for core PCE for next year only went up one tenth uh, from two to two point one. So, and I, yeah, exactly. I think it's really interesting. Um, it tells you, well, maybe it tells you something. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, the questions that uh, arise from that are, you know, it, it, uh, are the higher inflation rates from this year going to kind of normalize themselves, like peter out themselves, so to speak, or is it uh, is it the expectation of tighter monetary policy that is going to kind of quell uh, inflation? Four twenty-two. So, and I think that I think that's still a bit TBD. I think that's I think we're right. unresolved. Uh, the market, um, which I'm sure most people have seen by now, uh, you know, the market has basically, from a rates perspective, which is obviously our space, um, saw short rates move up significantly, um, and and the long end and long end rates off uh, significantly. Uh, so a, a pretty big flattener, so to speak. Twos, thirties, 30s, fives, 30s. thirties—a uh, huge flattener. We really haven't seen, you know, a flattener in three or four trading days uh, like this in, I would say, almost a generation. And we did in 08, um, I forget which month, but you know, in 08 around the, the GFC. And I know we did. Right. Uh, you know, I know we did as well. Uh, I guess we saw a big flattener last year when COVID uh, really kind of, you know, kicked in, so to speak. Uh, Around March, so uh, the market's essentially well. I mean, there's 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 various opinions on what the market is saying. The market, you know, to some people, is saying that um, uh, the Fed is maybe making a, a policy mistake and getting away from its um, newfound inflation framework target, the you know FAIT flexible average inflation targeting, and uh, that that is, and, and that that's a big question here. I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've been doing this for. You know, a long time economics and strategy, and um, uh, I I have not seen uh, as many uh, people who have a lot of experience doing this uh, scratch their heads about what the Fed policy is uh, in a while. It is it really is confounding a lot of people that watch this, and there are I think a lot of ways to look at where or how the Fed is is behaving. I think that the Fed, I think that the Fed is. First of all, very encouraged by the pace of the vaccine rollout. That's obvious, sure. and, and that's yeah. why I went through the detail at the beginning of the podcast around the statement, which really, for many people, frankly, even since Wednesday, is a bit of a throwaway. It's clear that the Fed is very, very pleased with that that pace, and that's you know that's evident with the change in language at the top of the statement. At the same time, I would say that the uh, a lot of people on the Fed, particularly Powell, uh, Chairman Powell can't stand the dots. It, re- it really drives them nuts uh, because for a couple of reasons. One, there are a lot of views that come in from all over the place. Um, and secondly, uh, it is a forecast. And this Fed, particularly at the very end of last year, but definitely this year, has really been trying to hammer home the idea of um, outcome-based forward guidance as opposed to expectations. So, okay. you know, we, we want to see the unemployment rate get to X. We want to see inflation, you know, above X for, you know, Y period of time. And then, you know, we'll be comfortable. And I think where the market is a bit frayed here, a bit frazzled, is that um, Powell's press conference around, around, you know, when he was being asked getting asked about inflation, he he wobbled a little bit in terms of, you um, how transitory it is, and you know why why the dots the fed funds dots might be moving uh, this much higher and so you know the market's starting to question itself it, or starting to question the fed is is the Fed already giving up on its new average inflation framework uh, right. uh, you know um, regime um before it's really even started and you know that would kind of be you know you know old school thinking versus at least what the fed's been uh, you know, trying to design is new school thinking, and and that 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 obviously has has freaked out the market a bit. So I think, you know, that's why we've had I think the reaction that we've had, um, and you know, positioning and a lot of things that we talked about the last podcast are clearly a part of that as well. Um, you know, positioning sentiment, uh, you know, pension fund demand for long end assets, you know, uh, funds that are uh, you know, pension funds that are pension plans that are fully funded, and need to park cash. The drawdown of the TGA account, uh, the Treasury's uh, uh, general account at the Fed, which is causing a massive amount of liquidity into the market uh, on bank balance sheets that needs to subsequently find other homes. Um, right. Yeah, so there's a lot. There are a lot of things going on, uh, but but I think so. We you know we've got we've got a, a very important week here where we have a number of Fed speakers, and uh, it's, it'll be important to see if the Fed wants to underline what. Uh, it's seen ex post since the reaction, a market reaction Wednesday afternoon, or right. is it going to uh, try and try and push back a little bit or at least kind of, you know, maybe walk back better term, walk back some of the, the you know, the hawkishness or the perceived hawkishness. I, I suspect that, uh, you know, the Fed, the Fed clearly does not want to see this much ball. Um, if you look at uh, sure. uh, interest, interest rate ball here, it's, it's spiked up significantly. I think the Fed does not want to be seen. As a uh, you know a uh, a source of that type of volatility, so uh, yeah, so those are kind of the the initial thoughts. But uh, maybe I'll leave it there because that's a pretty long opening segment.
0: Yeah, sure. I uh, I have a few follow up questions based on on those comments. So thanks for that. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, Wanted to go into inflation first. Um, You referenced sort of um, the dot plots moving higher and this tension on on inflation. What's interesting is that. A large part of inflation, at least according to some uh, theories, is that it's all about expectations. So, uh, how does the Fed try to think about um, the you know the very the very um, act of the dot more dots going higher and and, you know the eight of the eighteen seeing a seventy five basis point uh, increase could reduce. Inflation expectations, which would then allow them to be more dovish. So, how do how do you how do they wrestle with that, or is that what they're trying to figure out right now?
1: I think I think they're trying to figure that out right now. I mean, this this Fed, particularly under under Powell, has been a little bit more um, expectations focused um, right. and and survey based focused. Powell really wanted to be. Um, when he came in, kind of the it sounds a little bit cheesy, but uh, the, the Greenspan for Main Street, and really have a lot of uh, kind of anecdotal intelligence as to what was happening, you know, on the ground, so to speak, and really, really, you know, focus on on that when it came to, or at least have that as a a, a significant variable when it came to making policy decisions, and not just using Fed models and uh, academic academic literature, and that could be partially because you know Powell. Um, you know, exceptionally smart guy. Uh, you know, but but not a PhD economics, um, where many other uh, Fed chairs have been. You know, obviously Bernanke, um, uh, Yellen, Greenspan. You know, he's a he's an attorney by trade, and um, so so he's he's relying he's been relying on those sorts of things. So I think that um, I think that still remains a very important part of how this Fed is going to move forward, and maybe that's why we're seeing. The dots move, you know, the way they are. When you know the things that I look at, things like, um, you know, the Michigan the Michigan sentiment survey, which admittedly is a relatively small sample size, but the Fed seems to like it, and you know, the five to ten five to ten year uh, expect, uh, inflation expectations, you know, it's been ticking higher. And one I've been looking at a lot, and I think we've referenced it on the podcast before, is the NFIB surveys, uh, which is basically small and medium sized businesses. I think they do I think they do eight hundred eight hundred businesses every month. Um, it's a monthly survey. And they've got really interesting uh, uh, kind of output with respect to, you know, how easy is it to find uh, qualified labor. Uh, do you expect your selling prices to be higher in three months you know versus today what do you th- well, what's your expectations around uh, wages and mm-hmm. like a question a lot of interesting questions like that and and you know not surprisingly the answer for a lot of those things is you know the labor market's very tight and yeah you know, prices are prices are higher and uh you know so you see you see some of that and then you look at some of these other I don't know if I want to necessarily call them alternative measures of inflation uh, from a from a you know from a data perspective, but you know Cleveland Fed, Dallas Fed, Atlanta Fed, New York Fed, uh, others I'm sure uh, all have some lesser known but not but not necessarily less important um, uh, measures of inflation. Uh, you know the Dallas uh, the Dallas Fed's uh, trim mean uh, PCE is actually is probably the most famous, especially after Powell. Uh, highlighted it uh, either late last year or early this year, but a lot of those a lot of those indices that I I also keep an eye on have been definitely uh, ticking higher. Uh, not running away by any stretch, but definitely definitely ticking higher. So when you look at those things, I mean it's 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 definitely possible that. Uh, you know the Fed's seeing that, uh, you know both at both at the board level in DC as well as the districts in the various you know, the twelve districts of the Fed, um, and uh, and that and that's feeding through to the forecast. In fact, it's very it's very likely. And then when you kind of couple that with, um, you know, rates being pretty low as they are, sure. and um, and a reopening that's going quite well by by most standards, I would say, particularly over the. You know, the three-month period from March to, to June you know, I think that's why that's happening but Powell you know, and again uh, you know during the press conference uh, on Wednesday as he has pretty much every press conference where there are uh, new forecasts which are you know for a year in theory uh, he tries to not emphasize the dots you know these these are forecasts and forecasts will change and he really tries to de-emphasize them the problem though is that the market sees these dots and uh, the market will, uh, run, you know, run with them, and you know, sure. kind of, kind of leapfrog. But I do think the expectation side is very important for the Fed, and I think it's still, I think it still is, and it's, and it's, and it's guiding. So there are lots of little things that I think are getting fed in there that are uh, important, and and that the Fed, you know, the Fed watches, and and we do too. But uh, I think that you know, those are some of the things that the Fed would be watching.
0: And the the. Um Piece, uh, the piece of the Fed mandate that we haven't talked about uh, during this podcast is the full employment or, right. or as, uh, as you mentioned, maximum employment. I think right. that was the terminology that they're they're looking for yep. now. Definitely. Um, the employment market still has a long way to go, really. I mean, there's still Absolutely. a lot of uh, jobs um, or unemployment still much higher than it was at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, How, Is the expectation that when you started the podcast and you talked about the vaccine rollout, the reopening, that the uh, that that output gap will close quickly uh, as uh, as we go through the year, or, or or what's the expectation there?
1: So it's a good question. I, you know what was interesting is that, and I think we've been on it as a as a as a firm and as a team. The idea that you know the the, the Fed has a dual mandate. You know, inflation and full employment, um, or or max employment, maybe now under the current under the, the slight change. And the employment side was not necessarily seen as as important as the the, you know, the inflation of the prices side, um, but you know through the end of last year and definitely through to I would say until the June meeting the, we got a lot more attention, at least on a relative basis with with you know towards the 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 employment the employment mandate, and that that's been a hallmark really of every press conference. Um, right. What was somewhat missing uh, at the June FOMC uh, press conference for Powell, with Powell uh, was the infl- was the employment side. There was very there were, on a relative basis there was very little uh, em- you know, emphasis on getting to full or max employment um, compared to other um, compared to other uh, press conferences. It was a lot kind of swung back the other way back towards the uh, the prices of the inflation side. And that, I think, is also feeding the narrative of, oh, well, maybe the Fed is not really focused on that anymore. And that's why we're seeing um, that's why we're seeing you know, eight of 18 dots in 23 looking at 75 basis points or above. And now the Fed's at uh, seven out of 18 for 22 when it was at 4 in, in March. And uh, I, I tend to think that, that that line of thinking is incorrect. I don't think that I, maybe that's just the way the press conference goes. You know, sometimes you have a meeting and you think it's going to go one way and it kind of takes a, a, you know, a couple of questions and it takes a tangent. You never quite get to that area that you think that you were going to get to. And I think maybe As
0: a podcast host, I can completely relate to that. <laughs> I'm,
1: try, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep on target for you. But I do think I <laughs> good point. I do. I, I do think that I think it's very early and very premature to. Think that the Fed has tossed its max employment idea. I mean, I really believe that this Fed wants to see everybody participate in, you know, the uh, the re- the reopening and and the rebuild of the economy post COVID. I I would be absolutely shocked um, if that if that idea. I wouldn't even call it a mandate. I would say just that that goal of the of the uh, of the institution itself had gone by the wayside that just does not strike me as reasonable for how I think the fed the fed operates so I th- you know in that from that perspective I think I don't want to say the market is wrong but I think that you know when when people are ascribing okay well this is why the price action is happening because the fed's not as interested in doing the mandate anymore when it comes to the labor market and max employment I think that that's I think that's incorrect. And this is where I think there's an opportunity for the Fed, you know, with Fed speakers this week, next week, uh, and thereafter to, you know, to push back on on points exactly like that. You know, we are still outcome focused, uh, guidance right. focused. Um, you know, we still believe in max employment. We want everybody to participate in, you know, the reopening. You know, if we see cohorts of the labor market that are not <clears throat> properly participating, you know, that's you know, that's going to be a significant input for us, you know, those sorts of things. And, um, and again, maybe, maybe it just didn't, you know, the opportunity didn't quite arise um, to get, to get those points across, you know, as much, you know, with as much emphasis and as much frequency as, as Powell has in previous press conferences. But just because of that, I don't think so. And also feeding it a little bit is, you know, recall what I said about the inflation up, uh, you know, up, upside uh, for 21 with the forecast, you know, from two, two to three, at least core PC, um, right. the unemployment rate didn't move, <laughs> uh, at least the median, uh, it's, it That's was, stu- it was stuck at four and a half. So the same number, same as June, um, the central tendency moved up uh, slightly, slightly, but the way, however, the arithmetic worked out behind the scenes, the, um, and maybe rounding, uh, it didn't move. So you're, we're, so there's still a four and a half percent for 21, and, and, you know, and that, that obviously was kind of uh, a bit of an eyebrow raiser as well.
0: That's a wonderful summary uh, and, and uh, great uh, sort of analysis on the competing forces driving the Fed. I'm curious from, from a portfolio positioning point of view, sure. how are you interpreting eating this and what are you actually doing in the, uh, the portfolios?
1: So we've generally been, uh, short duration as we've talked about looking for, looking for rates higher.
0: Um,
1: and we've been shying away from the very long end for a long time for quite a while. So Mm -hmm. haven't, haven't had massive positions in in the short end of the curve. We have, we have been focusing a little bit more kind of on the seven, eight, 10 year, uh, space. And that, that, that hasn't, that hasn't moved quite as, as we've thought. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, there's an opportunity here. First of all, on the long end, I think that, um, you know, there is an opportunity now to get, you know, essentially short or, or or see rates higher because so much has been baked in. I think a lot of positions. I mean, if you thought a lot of positions were cleared out two weeks ago, a lot of positions are cleared out now. And I think, you know, I'm trying to get across the idea, hopefully with the first, you know, you know, minutes of, of this podcast that um, I think the market has become a bit, uh, you know, the, ex- the reaction's a bit extreme. And right. I don't think that the Fed is moving away from, you know, frankly, all this, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, the Fed is an academic institution. They put a lot of time into this new mandate. And, you know, to, to walk away from it really without even having started to implement it, I think is, I think it's extremely unlikely. And right. so, you know, maybe the Fed could have communicated this a bit better, or maybe it's just, you know, a couple of, some of the parts didn't work out. You had, you uh, you know, you had you had dots, which the Fed doesn't really pay a lot of attention to, but the market does. And you know, you have positioning kind of going the wrong direction. And you know, here we go. But I think that um, the idea that the Fed is about to embark on a policy mistake, I think is, I think is aggressive. And uh, so we've taken a little bit of a tactical view in terms of trying to. Uh, short thirties in particular. I, I still really like I still really like fives higher in terms of rates. So again, short, short fives. I think that um I think fives are the sweet spot. You know, both you, you kind of get the reopening play, the reflation play, which I still think is happening, and uh and the policy play if uh even if the Fed d- does move a little more quickly than Maybe, you know maybe people expect um, so I like you know I like, I like those trades quite a bit you know we've talked about here being long um, long US, US dollars uh, against uh, not only CAD but a couple others. Um, I think positioning uh, still really um, suggests that that's a, that's a great trade and uh, I think for a while tactically here the dollar does look does look quite good. Uh, I expect the Fed is going to push back a little bit, but I don't think that the Fed is going to take it back all the way. So I do think you know when it comes to the tapering discussion, clearly it's happening. I mean, frankly, it was happening before this meeting, but now now sure. it's now it's on. Now it's happening for sure, official. Yeah. And I think July the July meeting is early. I still think that Jackson Hole, kind of third week of uh, August or uh, the the September FOMC look. Uh, a little bit more, a little bit more likely in terms of having an announcement. It there does again. N- not only was there a little bit of wiggle on the, uh, you know, how temporary is this inflation, uh, you know, pass through going to be, but there might have been a little bit of a wiggle on uh, the the time for tapering. And by that I mean, uh, you know, when are they announcing it, and then when are they actually, you know, physically starting to remove accommodation. And I think that. Most people have been looking at uh, maybe six months. Okay. Uh, there might there might be a slightly shorter time frame. Maybe it's three or four months, kind of not to split hairs, but you know, right. can see can see a September. Could conceivably see a September "quote unquote" announcement. Although I think it'll be heavily leaked or you know talked about in speeches and at Jackson Hole, you know, before that, if it is December, you know, with a January official uh, start. Um, so maybe it does get condensed a little bit, but I don't think we're going to see some some big surprise. Um, but I do I do think that uh, you know a lot of those things kind of kind of auger well for uh, for being long U.S. dollars, particularly against uh, dollar CAD. And you know it's had a pretty it's had a pretty good run here since we thought that it might turn. Um, you know roughly trading from around you know one twenty fifty to. Uh, 124 and a half before coming off a little bit with, with some profit taking, I suspect. But I like that. I like, I like being, I like being long dollars against the Euro for the, for the you know, tactically for the next little bit. Um, you know, long, long dollar yen is probably not bad. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I like, so we like uh, we like those trades and as long as, you know, as long as rates uh, are not uh, ripping higher uh, and the dollar is, not uh hugely bid, although I think the dollar is a bit more of a risk in terms of, you know, delta or volatility than rates really here, at least on like upside. Um, you know, still still generally like EM. Um, um I, I still think there I still think EM's not a not a bad not a bad play here. You know, there will be periods of time where it's going to be difficult to watch. Um because there'll be volatility and it's just, you know, people don't want to necessarily be in EM, but I still think the reflation trade is good. The global Global growth story is good. You look at the Korean export numbers, which I think are really good bellwether for not, really not only Asia but EM, um, you know, EM activity and robustness. And you know, the the, the export numbers out of Korea, South Korea, are, are really, really strong. And I and I think that the global growth story is still very much very much with us. There's a lot of liquidity in the system. Um, you know, there's a there's a lag on a lot of that stuff, and I think that. Uh, you know, I think I think I think it is good for EM, but you know, it's not going to be a straight line higher. There's going to definitely be a, a little two-way price action. So those are some of the trades we like. You know, we haven't we haven't necessarily cut our EM exposure. Uh, we're looking for tactical opportunities on the curve, like I was talking about. Um, you know, and and obviously on uh, on the currency side as well. And you know, we you know this some of this might be you know uh, global stuff could be uh, our unconstrained. um. Sure you know, our, our core, our core, obviously core and core plus mandates, you know, all, all those, you know, all those mandates uh, participate in, you know, some or, or you know, some uh, of those of those ideas. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things we're doing with the portfolio kind of, you know, in the uh, in the aftermath of uh, last week's last week's uh, pretty crazy. week.
0: Dustin, thanks so much for spending the time to walk through that. Very insightful. Uh, really appreciate it. And I look forward to our conversation two weeks from now.
1: Yeah, same here. Sounds great. Thanks for having me.